Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence this evening. Father, tonight I'd like to talk about the earth, but I'm going to talk about it in the form of the footstool. And Lord, it brings me back to a couple visions that you've given me about the earth. And Lord, you're giving more understanding to it all the time. But Lord, one time in 2000 in the summer in August, you gave me a vision of an office building. Well, you gave me several visions, just crystal clear visions that you gave, warnings that you gave to me, as well as other things. And these are things about what was to come. Lord, one of them was a, a building or an office building. And I could see things that I didn't understand at the time. And Lord, now you're bringing into clarity why these things will be. And one of the interesting things was the footstool. There was this large office and in a normal place where there would be in this large executive type office, dear Lord, it would normally be a couch, and, uh, some chairs, maybe a coffee table or two but, uh, for meetings with people that, that you bring in and you have serious meetings. But there was none of that in the area where there would normally be those items and you know, for meeting with people. There was a conference table, and then there was also a a desk, a computer desk, and, and the, there was a new kind of computer that you showed me to build in the future. And uh, I'll talk about that in a second. But the interesting thing was this footstool. Because instead of couches and chairs, the only thing that was in this area was a footstool. And you told me that it must become a man of prayer. And so I normally thought, well, this is what this is, a footstool, as for prayer. And yes, it is, but there's a special thing about the footstool. I like to talk about that tonight from the scriptures. But also, it was um, that was in 2001 in uh, August. And then also, dear Lord, in, in the summer of, uh, I think it was the summertime of 2004, it was in the spring maybe, but uh, I can't remember the exact timing. I didn't write it down uh, at the time. But you took me suddenly in the night, and it was, uh, was it the vision? I, I can't tell you. All I can tell you was it, it was real. It was like in the office dream. There was people coming in and out. There were discussions going on and so on. Many people have visions like this. But there, well, there was a very detailed a series of events that happened there that all showed things of the future and to watch. And For example, over top of the um, table, there were three brass lamps over top of the table uh, that shone down, and they were in the form of a pyramid, but they were made out of brass. And there was three of them on this long table. And so the brass lantern, and I, it, it caused me to notice this very clearly. What is this about? And the table, underneath this long table, was very important as well. And because the table has a very special meaning in the words. It's, you know, to sit at your table. Your table means it empowers the food that's served there with the word. It's like the, the earth it has everything in it to enable it to put in the instruction into the food that comes upon it or upon the, in the people that walk upon the earth, for example. As a table is the food that comes upon it. It 
similar to what the earth does. So that'll be confusing to you, but I just want to point out this very interesting thing that you had showed me a, an office, but there was no chairs for people to meet. There was a conference table for people to meet, and that was the only place of meeting because a table is very important when you're trying to get the instruction of the Lord. Instead of sitting around in coffee chairs and, you know, lounge chairs and drinking coffee or water or whatever it is you want to drink, but there was a footstool. The footstool was very, very important for us at this time. Now, going on, and three years later, um, uh, nearly three years because it was earlier than August, but you took me to the firmament. And you took me to the day in the firmament, day three, which is prior to day four because there was no heavens, uh, you know, no no uh, stars. Um, I believe the heavens were there. The the words might have been there. I don't know. Uh, but clearly you showed me the earth, the round earth. It was uh, flat. It's not um, circular. It's circular but flat. It is not spherical. It is not a ball that spins. It is a flat thing. And there was seas and there was uh, continents on on that earth seemed like the continents did attach but um i noticed that there was i tried to make them out because they were a little bit different uh, than they are in the in the maps that we see at this time after the flood so you showed me that and it's very important we understand that the earth and that there's meaning to it and so on but the footstool is an interesting one. Let's get back to that because this is confusing to people. But the footstool is something very important to us because you tell us, Lord, in this wonderful uh, message that you have in the scriptures, Lord, you tell us in Psalms 99.5, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. So what is the footstool? What do we worship? But see, when we talk about the footstool it's very interesting you you tell the um you know in like psalms 132 7 you say let us go into the his tabernacle and let us worship at his footstool so it's in the tabernacle or is it the earth because you say that the earth is your footstool see it says in acts 749 for example it said heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool what house Will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is this place of my rest? Now, catch that. Or what is this place of my rest? That's a beginning to a clue that we're going to learn um, how to understand it. Now, Jesus himself, when he is speaking, it was in Isaiah 66, 1, by the way, where the Lord spoke and he said, Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? Now, one of the things that you need to understand about heaven, heaven is my throne. Well, the throne that he's talking about is right above the firmament. That's the throne that the Lord, and that, that's the heavens, uh, God's throne. The judgment throne is in the capstone at the top of the pyramid. In other words, the fourth heaven. It's in there, the capstone. And, you know, the, the Lord tells us through Paul, in Second Corinthians twelve one to four, the paradise is the third heaven. We also know that the shadow of death is Satan's domain, and he's been cast out of that now. It's empty, but that was the second heaven, and we are the first heaven, uh, which is the world. 
and uh, Satan was the shadow of death that was hanging over top of uh, the world. Now, uh, and the capstone is where the four living creatures are and the judgment throne seat and so on. And then it says very clearly in Ezekiel 1 that above the firmament is the throne of God. So it's a different one. And he tells you in uh, Revelation 4 and Daniel 7 that the judgment throne is especially set up. So it's not the normal throne of God. It's a special uh, throne inside the firmament because he's judging us by his words, which he placed inside the firmament. And those words are judging us. That's why he's there uh, at this time and has been there since 2003 when the day of the Lord began with the opening of his words, which Psalms 119, 130 tells you is the entrance of his words gives light. Zechariah 14, 7 tells us that the evening there will be light in the evening of his day. So we should have been looking for the entrance of his words to let us to understand that the day of the Lord had began. And that occurred in 2003. Now, tells us in uh, Matthew 5, 33 to 37, the Lord is speaking, and this is after the Beatitudes. He says here, Again you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem is the city of the meaning of the vision of peace, the foundation of peace. All those who walk in the way of peace, the peacemakers, are of the city of Jerusalem. Because city means a people. It's a culture. It's like the earth. The earth to us we think of the whole earth, you know, the, the, and it's true, the, the round disk, the round earth is uh, all uh, dry land. There is water on top of it, the seas, for example, and the rivers on top of it. But underneath that is earth, of course, hard, because what it is is dry land. Now, he tells us in Genesis one ten that uh, he called the, uh, the dry land earth. In other words, earth is a name given to this. And earth, uh, the foundation of earth, or the Hebrew word of it, Eretz, the fo- it, it, it's founded from a word that people believe it means firm, which is exactly true, actually. Because what it is, is why God's earth is his footstool. He shows us this in an interesting way. And we can see it because he makes... The, the throne of Solomon in the way of the words. You know, Solomon started off very well having wisdom and understanding. And you'll see in Solomon, in First Chronicles, uh, excuse me, Second Chronicles 9.18, it says, The throne had six steps and a footstool of gold, which are fastened to the throne. There were armrests on either side of the place of the seat, and two lions stood beside the armrest. Now, what he's saying there is before the throne, before the footstool, the foots, he's standing or sitting, his throne is attached to the footstool. So it's part of his throne, the footstool. But before it, before you reach up to it, are six steps. Six steps. So you're walking, remember David, I mean, excuse me, Joseph, uh, when they, people call him Imhotep in Egypt, he made the, where they sold the grain to the foreign people, he built the six-step 
uh, pyramid, pyramid there. He built the temple for his boss and he also, um, for the pharaoh, and then he also made the grain silos in the ground, in the earth itself. And there was five on each side that all filtered down to the center one, which was the large one, but it means that there was 11 grains there. 11 is the hidden power of God. He picked 11 good disciples. Judas Iscariot was not one. He was not. He was an evil one. And that, that's the way the word, the word works. It means 11, the number, means hid, hid. And there is hidden the, the power of God. Because through those, the, the word came. He used them for this process, and they were worked. worked um, the disciples brought forth the word. They were of those that went and brought forth the word. Now, six is what it's showing us the way of the Lord. Understand that everything that the Lord does does in the way of the words. So he's saying that the footstool is what his place of rest. You can understand why the Lord told the Lord. Uh, David speaks of this, and he says, the psalm of the Lord, uh, he said, uh, in Psalms 110.1, it said a psalm of David. It says, the Lord said to my Lord, in other words, God said, the Father said to uh, Lord Jesus Christ, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Your footstool. Let us go into his tabernacle and let us worship at his footstool. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build for me and where is the place of my rest? And Jesus speaking in Matthew 5, as I read, says, Do not swear by by the earth, for uh, for it is his, God's footstool. God's footstool. What does he mean by all that? See, the footstool, uh, the earth, by this meaning of its name, means it came from uh, to be made firm. That's why he said he called the dry land earth. Because what did he do in that dry land? Psalms 139 says he planted all of our substance in it to come forth in its season and time. God says we can have dominion, but we don't own the earth. The earth is his. And God has given us the benefits of the particles and so forth there to bring forth good and not evil. See, if you go back and you understand that this earth, meaning that the earth is to give rest, a footstool is to give rest, it's symbolic of the seventh spirit. See, it's the seventh step. And it's symbolic of what? It's, it's symbolic of that. Even if you take the floor level and come up to that, you're talking about the eighth. It would be the eighth step, which would be what? It would be the uh, eternity. In other words, the, um, making known the regeneration of man. But see, that's what the earth is to do. That's why the Lord said it's going to be his footstool. Any way you look at that, whether it's the rest or the regeneration, the new eternal, that's exactly correct. God is going to cause the earth to be his footstool everything in it is going to be turned to good he controls every particle in it and when you pray at the footstool in other words he said come in and worship at the footstool meaning communicate to god at that footstool what are you communicating what it's representing is the rest of god in other words r-e-s-t the rest the seventh spirit or it's representing the regeneration either way you look at that Either way, you take Solomon's steps. It comes out to this. And if you go back 
to Isaiah 28, 9 to 13, you're going to see, and this is what he says, whom, whom will I teach? Whom will he teach knowledge? Whom will he make to understand the message? Those just weaned from milk? Those just drawn from the breast? For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips, repeating lips, and another tongue, he will speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest, with which you may cause the weary to rest. Do you understand? He's speaking to the people. How does he speak? He always speaks in the way of the words of God. So he's saying, this is the rest, that you may cause the weary to rest, because what the words do is unlock, enable the good works of God to be done. But remember, Hebrews 4.12 reaches in and judges us to see what the intent of our heart is. Is it to do good or to do evil? Is it to solve our pride problem, our arrogance, our wishes, or is it to do the real will of God? See, if you read Matthew 5, you'll start to see what the change of the new covenant is because it's drastically different than, than the old covenants. Because you've got to have total faith in God that he's going to bring you through this at this appointed time. And this is what the footstool is doing. The footstool is telling us when we pray at that footstool, we're going to believe, we must believe, that God has made and controlled every particle. And he will cause them to come forth in his appointed time to do the good work that they're desired to do. And he's waiting on us to enable those good works to come forward. He's been waiting on us. Remember Joel 2, 12 to 12, 12 to 20 tells us we're the problem. He says, allow, let the bridegroom come. You can't let the bridegroom come unless you do what he says, which is to weep and mourn and to fast and so on. When you do that and bring the congregation, sanctify the congregation, which means John seventeen seventeen, make known the words to the congregations. But they're not making known the words of God to the congregation. They mock it. They they treat it like nothing, like it's nothing. I mean, they can't understand and can't explain when the Bible says that he made all things in the creation, Genesis 1, by his words, but they can't explain it. They won't explain it. You know, God caused me to receive this. I didn't understand it myself. He caused it to be open. And what he's showing us here is when we're praying at this step, where when we are weaving and mourning to bring the people into eternity, bring the people into eternal life, which they get by doing what? When we hear the words of his voice, John five twenty four, and believe on the promises of the Father, we shall have eternal life and we'll pass through these judgments. That's the prayer of the footstool. And we get down the prayer of the footstool, what are we doing? We're believing that God is going to make the earth his footstool, that he's going to take control of all the particles and everything that's evil, he's going to cast out and burn out. He's going to bring to dust all the things that are bad. We should not want that by vengeance. We should want that by the desire of God because his desire that all men be saved and come to knowledge of truth. And we should be praying for a great revival. This is what we should be praying for. Even the evil ones. If you read Matthew 5, he tells you very clearly that your enemies, pray for them. Pray for your enemies. Bring them into the kingdom. And pray at the footstool, because when you pray at the footstool, what are you doing? You're praying for the regeneration, the rest. He tells you here, he says, For with stammering lips and another tongue in Isaiah 28, verse 11, he will speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. 
But the word of the Lord was still to them. He kept sailing them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. He keeps showing the people. He does miracles for them. He does all these things for them to show them that his words are real. You know, they don't have a scientific answer to how miracles occur immediately because God has control of all the particles. The earth is layered with the particles and the heavens have the words in them. And God's throne is there. And if we seek him to bring forth these things, we pray at the footstool to make the, the earth his footstool to bring forth the good works, bring forth all the control of, of, of the earth to him, to anoint him as the most high king. You don't have to worry about the judgment. If you do that, it's going to come. He says you'll pass through the judgments. Does that say worry about the judgments? He said, no, do this. Hear the words of my voice. Believe in the promises of the Father. You'll have eternal life. It's a guarantee because it's his truth. It sets you free. His truth is what? The words of God, John 17, 17. It's the words that wash you clean, John 15, 3. Ephesians 5, 25, 27 says he's going to be washed by the water of the words. Water of the words. In other words, you've got to go back and understand that God is in control of all the single particles. Start with that. Then understand that he can call them and they can go anywhere he wants. He can translate a body any place. He can take a mountain and move it anywhere. The Lord can do all these things because he controls every particle. And that's the earth is his footstool. It gives him rest. It will bring everything to correction. The earth is going to do this. The earth says in um, Revelation 12, 15 to 17 or 13 to 17, it tells you the earth is going to open its mouth and help the woman. The woman, which is the wisdom of God, the words of wisdom. It's going to help the words of wisdom. If you pray at the footstool, you're going to begin to understand the knowledge of his words. He says in Proverbs one twenty three, if you will turn to me, I'll pour my spirit upon you and cause you to know my words. Don't try to tell God his words. Try to get understanding from God from the words. You can communicate to God, but honor God. He is holy. We're not. When his words are holy, we're trying to get those words in us so we'll be holy. Because he says, be holy like I am holy. How is he holy? All of his words have the omnipresent spirit of God in them in the full measure, John 3.34. If you get that, what's going to happen to you? You're going to become holy. His footstool is representing the fullness of the seven spirits. Why is that for me important to us? Because the Lord tells us at this time, he's going to pour out his spirit sevenfold. That means that every day you're going to get the full measure of the Spirit, not the full measure over seven days. It's going to be each day it's going to be full measure. And you're going to have 49 by the end of the week. You know, it's seven times seven you're going to have. That's how much learning you're going to have, seven times greater. And it multiplies dramatically because 49 is a lot greater than seven. It's a marvelous thing that God is trying to do for us. You know, 42... A very interesting thing. If you take the seven, he's going to multiply it seven times seven. So you're going to have 49. If you think about it, 49 learning experiences of the spirit within one week. That's seven plus the latter main, which is 42. You know, the number 42 is very interesting. That is the number that signifies the rainbow. Signifies that rainbow that God says he will no longer destroy the earth. So if we're worshiping this way and understanding this, what God is going to do is going to give us knowledge to bring forth his good works from the earth because he doesn't want to destroy it. The earth is waiting for the birth of the sons of man. 
the sons of God, not the sons of man, the sons of God. It's waiting for that. It's, it's yearning for those. Even the spirit in us that's not wakened in the people, you know, God's going to be taking his light out of the people. That's what he's warned the shepherds about. The time is coming, he's taking the light out of them. So they won't even have the right to call upon his words. They'll be punished. They'll be in the darkness. He'll take the light from them. And they'll have to pay a heavy price to get it back. And it's going to take time. And they're going to go through the plagues and the punishments. If they survive that, then they'll come back. But see, the, the Lord's going to punish. But the footstool gives you the reward. The, you, if God is going to make the earth his footstool, worship on that. Because what he's saying is he's got control of all the particles. The earth is going to open its mouth and help us. It's going to bring forth the fruit that we need when, we, we're, when there's no food. You know, you think, with, oh, I got stores of food. You, you don't understand. War is coming, the most drastic war at all of all time. There's going to be beheadings. There's going to be everything you can think of. And it's going to be civil war everywhere. It's going to be chaos everywhere. Families are going to be against families. People are going to be desperate for food. But they won't bother you. Because God's going to drive the northern army far from you. But not only that, God is going to provide the provision for his people. He's going to provide the provision. That's what the earth is going to do. It's going to open its mouth and help the woman. It's going to open its mouth and swallow all the evil things that are flood. It'll follow, swallow the poisons that are in the food, the toxic chemicals that are in the food, the radiation, the rest of it. It'll just swallow it. And when it swallows it, what it'll do? It'll put it in order. Those particles that make up the nuclear stuff, they'll break it apart, put it back in order. will be anything harmful in it. Because God is going to bring forth the likeness of the Garden of Eden in this. See, if we understand the likeness of the Garden of Eden, we can understand that that's coming. Because he says it's coming. Meaning we have to go back in our minds, back to day one, and learn again like a child. Start again, the footstool. Learn that way. The seventh, by the time we get to the seventh day, the millennium, you know, the 7,000 years of the millennium, that's going to be a time of rest. That means we've got to get the knowledge and remembrance of all the things God has done so we can utilize it in that time. But we better gain that knowledge now and better get it fast because we're, we're naked, blind, and dumb. We don't understand we need this knowledge. Jesus warned us in 843, John 843 to 47, that, you know, you don't understand my speech because you cannot discern my words. We're not breaking it down to the knowledge of his words that are of his language, the pure language, that we're going to cause us all to walk equally in one shoulder. Marvelously. You know, in Matthew 5 and the Beatitudes, it's, it's wonderful what he's saying in there. Let's see if I can find it here in my notes. He tells, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The humble. God is saying, blessed are those that are not prideful, not any of these kind of things. Not looking to be at the head of the table, but just take what God gives you. And he even tells us in a banquet hall, don't come in trying to sit at the top of the table. Come in accepting whatever God has for you. He knows it's the best for you. It's what you're capable of. You will not fail. And you'll be rewarded in that greatly. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. In other words, you're going to give you the right to call upon his words to enable the righteous acts of the saints. They have the righteous acts. Remember, in Matthew 7, 21, 23, it shows you that many prophets, many healers, many uh, people that cast out demons are going to be cast out from him because they're lawless. They will not hear the message of his words. 
His words are highest of all. His words are greater than rubies and so forth, but nobody wants to know this. When your currency is about to be ended in this year, you won't even, I don't think, see it by Christmas time. God is going to bring this to destruction. The economy is going to ruin. They're planning it. The world system is planning it. I've told you. I've heard it. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, so they shall be called the sons of God. In other words, those who are seeking peace, to them the word of God is going to come, and they're going to be like little gods. Nobody higher than that, sons of God. That's, that's a prince. A son of God's a prince. How marvelous it is. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for righteousness' sake. If we're not doing the way of righteousness, trying to bring forth peace, and we're pers- and, and we're uh, perse- and we're not, I mean, we're persecuted, then that's not righteousness' sake. But if we're doing the way of peace, trying to bring forth the kingdom, that's righteousness' sake. Please understand that. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, God wants to bring on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, I've explained to you the the. The basic of the footstool. It's like the seventh spirit of God. And that's why the six steps. You, you've got to learn the knowledge of the way, step by step, learn the precepts of what does the first spirit do? What's the second spirit do? What's the third spirit? What's the fourth spirit? What's the fifth spirit do? What's the sixth spirit do? When you get to that, you have the right of dominion, which is what he wants to give you in Psalms forty nine fourteen. He wants to give you in the morning of the day of the Lord, which we're in now, he wants you to give you dominion on the earth. But how can you have dominion if you don't walk like God? When Because when you have dominion and you walk like God, the earth is what? It's your footstool. It brings forth abundance and great harvest. It brings forth all the things you need to understand even knowledge will come to you this way. When you walk, and, and you know, Isaac walked in the, in the field and, and, you know, it, when he was doing that. And what happened to him? His crops began to be a hundredfold. See, God brings forth knowledge and wisdom to you because he will make known his words to you. If you will seek him, the spirit of truth will guide you and he'll do that. But you want to walk the earth. The earth is interesting at this time. When you walk the earth and you understand that this earth has a work to do. It's not a God you worship. It's, you know, it's just like the angels bow down before God. The earth bows down before God. It's his footstool. Your enemies are going to be his footstool because they're going to learn the way of the words for his sake. In other words, they're going to be um, taking the play. Their, their power is going to be taken away. Everything's going to be taken away from them. But they're going to learn the way of the words. Your footstool. And see, you should want to make your enemies want to be of the kingdom of God. If they are not wanting to be that, they're going to be cast out. And that's sad. They have a limited time to live. You have to understand their days are limited. And nobody's preaching to them the knowledge of the words. And all those who think that, you know, otherwise, that we shouldn't do that, we have a problem. It isn't that we should be giving weapon systems and that. We should be giving Israel, should be giving the enemies of, of Israel, the world leaders, even American leaders, American civil government. They need to know the words because they're all going to be judged at this time. They're all in up together. They all have signed the law, the sea treaty, given the queen ownership of all the seas. And it's interesting. Because in the dry land, she considers under their corporate martial laws, territories. But God has got a different plan. He's taken away her right of dominion and the right of dominion of any of these leaders. And he told us, do not be a leader on the way of the world. Do not follow after them 
come out from them or you will receive the punishments that God is going to bring upon them, their own sins plus the plagues that he's bringing. Lord, I pray that this will be helpful to people and I pray, Lord, you'll use it for good works within them that they might understand the benefit and begin to understand the benefit of praying at a footstool, understanding it's the way of the seven spirit of God, which enables us to remember all the works you've done up until that point because you did all your work in six days and the seventh day, you strengthened us, you gave us rest. Dear Lord, that's what we should be learning, all the works. You can pray at the footstool and you'll bring forth the knowledge of the works of the past. Father, we thank you for this. We ask it in thy precious name. In Jesus' name, amen.